0: Welcome to the SCORE Podcast, where small business matters, helping entrepreneurs, startups, and small business owners launch, grow, and thrive for the life of your business.
1: Hello and welcome to today's SCORE Podcast, where small business matters. This podcast is sponsored by Score, a nonprofit organization dedicated to providing free mentoring services and business resources to aspiring entrepreneurs and business owners who want to transform their side hustles into a money-making business. My name is Mark Trail. I'm a SCORE volunteer, and here with me is my audacious co-host and fellow SCORE mentor, Tom Nixon. Hey Tom, how are you doing? I'm doing audaciously, apparently. <laughs> audacious. Are you are you? No- are, are you noticing a trend here? I'm, I'm doing a little. I'm doing a little Sesame Street. Today's podcast is brought brought to you by the letter A for audacious. Oh,
2: I thought somebody got a word of the day calendar and they've just been dying to use it. So,
1: well, that too.
2: Yeah. Well, it's good. However, audacious I feel, it's good to be back. It's good to talk to you again. We've had some really good guests on lately, uh, talking about all aspects of entrepreneurship. Obviously, as a score podcast, that's front and center to everything we do. But an interesting thing that uh, we haven't covered as much is sort of the next step in entrepreneurship, which is, you know, you start out usually by having a side hustle. If you're blessed enough, that side hustle becomes a full-time job and now you own a business. But at some point you evolve to the position of business leader, which is different skill set, different attributes. And we should talk more. And we have a guest today to talk more about leadership,
1: that's it, you know that. That's absolutely true, Tom. And when it comes to business, you can really quickly tell whether or not there's good leadership at at a given business that you're going to walk into. You know, we at SCORE are surrounded by people who've been in business all their lives, and we become very accustomed to looking for the telltale signs of a solid operation, whether it's you're walking into a brick and mortar business and the walkways are clear and clean, the lobby's clean, you're greeted at the door. Maybe it's whether or not somebody responds to you kindly, kindly when you walk in the door and acknowledges you. Those are all signs of strong leadership, and I'm, I'm hoping we can learn a little bit more about how that, that happens on a day-to-day business.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And one of my favorite business books is The E-Myth Revisited, and they talk about some warning signs for people who go out and strike it out on their own. Usually, it's the excellent tactician that decides that they can make a better career for him or herself because they do such a great job working for somebody else. And they might have all the skills to serve a client or develop a widget or become a great entrepreneur, but they might not possess all of the skills to become a true leader. And that's why we're happy today to bring on a guest who is an expert in leadership, uh, someone who score uh, friends and family will will recognize and, and welcome back with open arms. And that is Donna Hover. Donna, welcome to the show.
0: Thank you so much for the introduction and continuing with the A's. I feel amazing this morning and ready to get started.
2: (laughs) Absolutely. Another A word. (laughs) Um, So for those listeners who aren't familiar with Donna Hover, Donna Hover is the outgoing chair for the Southeast Michigan chapter uh, of SCORE. And we had a tearful goodbye party recently, but as this podcast is evidence, she's not disappearing. She is still around and we're grateful to have her on the show. So welcome to the show again, Donna. And we wanted to talk specifically about your work as the CEO of something called Leaders Laboratory, which is a great brand, um, if I say so myself. So Leaders Laboratory is a consulting firm that trains CEOs to be CEOs. And you've effectively, effectively, I've seen this firsthand, applied the knowledge and skills that you've Uh, developed over the years to make SCORE chapter of Southeast Michigan an effective and award-winning organization um, through just, I'm assuming, practicing what you preach from a leadership standpoint. And we want to talk a little bit about the SCORE chapter, but I'm really excited to hear more about Leaders Laboratory. So let's talk with, real quickly, you transformed the SCORE chapter. Um, When we first talked about it years ago one of the challenges was that you felt like SCORE was the best kept secret and now you know if you look around our name is popping up here there and everywhere we've got some great partners in place so just if you don't mind reflecting on your tenure as the chapter chair and co-chair what do you from your perspective how do you think leadership played a role in both the SCORE organization and then the clients that we've helped mentor through the years
0: well, thank you, Tom. That's a great question. Uh, SCORE has been around since 1965. And so it's, it's a very mature organization. And companies with maturity uh, go through different startup changes. It, it, get, it has a rebirth periodically. If it doesn't, it just kind of dries up and withers and rots on the tree over time. And so it needs new injections of life periodically and businesses the same way. That's why you see CEOs change and move every year. So um, w- when I took it on, I was the first for Score Detroit, it was being the first female to head up the Score Detroit chapter. And um, as you know, diversity always adds change and always adds new perspective. So I enjoyed working with SCORE. I was a volunteer mentor for five years before I picked up the leadership role and um, had always thought, well, I enjoy volunteering or if it was a company, I enjoy working here, but it's not how I would do it. So now with SCORE, I had the opportunity to do it the way I would do it. And so I put in the leadership skills that I know and that I'm familiar with, and it's helping people be the best that they can be and achieve their personal goals. If, if a person, if an employee or a volunteer achieves their personal goals, the organization will grow even more.
2: Yeah. And I've told you this personally, so I'm, I'm proud to say it publicly. What I love about your leadership style, and I think this is an effective leadership style for CEOs generally, is you're very clear about what the expectations are and what the end result should be. But then you delegate and get out of the way and you trust your team, your leadership team to take it from there and report back once they've achieved. I think sometimes too many leaders feel like they need to do it all themselves and they tend to micromanage in, in metal. And I don't think micromanagement is leadership. And um, d- when you work with CEOs, you know, in your work at Leaders Laboratory, are you having to get them to unlearn some bad behaviors from time to time?
0: Um, well, yes, it depends on the age. But uh, um, what I do at Leaders Laboratory is work with teaching CEOs how to be a CEO as you mentioned in the introduction that um, in the e one of the areas is people become their own boss or become a head of a company or head of a department because they're really good at their skill but they never really learned what being leading looks like and leading just means organizing planning and ahead of the curve and you don't have to be miles ahead you don't have to be smarter than everybody else It's just knowing how to work with people and leading them in a direction that is how you see it could be done. What's possible for the organization or for the company that you're creating?
1: And, you know, Donna, to add into that, we've talked a lot about uh, organizations that are established. We're talking about leadership as it relates to an organization that may have, let's say, more than one employee. But there are people out there right now, entrepreneurs that are thinking about starting their business, and at this juncture, they're a lone wolf. It's the me, myself, and I approach that so often your your entrepreneurs will take when they're starting out their business. Why is it so important for an individual, even before they start their business, to really take a look at leadership as one of the early components that are necessary to be successful?
0: Well, that's a complicated question Um, because there are so many pieces that go into one starting a company, running a company and leading a company. They're they're all a little bit different. And oh, by the way, you have to be the expert as well because you're the doer. So you're not only doing your leading, directing, managing your choreographer. You're all of those pieces. You're also an author because you do have to write, even though it may not be on a paper file, it's on the internet through blogs and through expert testimonials and uh, instruction. So to lead it's knowing what you're leading your customers first down a path of success and improving their life by, by buying your service or your vision, or your best practices, whatever it is you're trying to sell, you're leading the edge on your way of doing something. So that's your first place. And then the, the second place, You even though you're a, an, a lone wolf, so you'd say, um, you can't have a business by yourself. Even though you may not have any employees, I have to have customers, I have to have bankers, I have to have stakeholders, I have to have mentors, I have to have partners in different playing different roles, because it's business is not meant to be done by yourself. So who are those people going to be that are part of my team? And they don't have to be part of your team forever. It's part of your team in this first step. Who is that? Use them for the first step and then go to the second step and get some new mentors or new advisors or new coaches or new banks or new vendors. And you continue to grow because your tree grows. It grows from like a little seed all the way up to a big, huge oak tree that's strong and, and profitable. So there's lead, all different kinds of leadership skills that go along the way.
2: Do you think, Donna, that um, you've heard the expression natural born leader? Do you feel some, some people believe you're either born with the leadership traits or you're not? And I'm curious where you come down on that. Do you think you, these are innate qualities or can they be trained?
0: I think it's both. I think we all are born with it. It's innate. Some, you have to polish it and train it just like anything else. We all are born to walk for the most part, right? Mm -hmm. We can all walk, Mm -hmm. but we have to be taught how to walk and which steps go first and which step goes second and how to balance. You do the same thing in a business. How do I, where do I start? What's the first step? What's the second step? And then how do I run and how do I skip and how do I jump? Those are all learned. Everybody knows how to do it. You have it. It's just, is it, is it trained? Is it polished? Is it exercised? What my first mentor told me was he said that we all come out as a lump of coal and over time we polish and polish and polish to become a diamond. We're not all born a diamond. A diamond is, is created over time.
2: I'm glad to hear you say that. Cause I observed, some behaviors in my own daughter who's 13 now and she inherited her father's introversion. So she's shy and she's unsure of herself. But at one point uh, one of her teachers told her she was a natural born leader And she was so proud of her being such a leader. And it dawned on my daughter for the first time that she could be a leader. And I recognized that she then embraced it and started to go out and try to achieve leadership not by bossing people around, but just by setting an example, because she felt like if somebody else thought she was a leader, then maybe she could do it. Maybe she could learn to walk in in your analogy. And uh, here we are now she's, you know, taking leadership uh, roles in various like little committees and in the extracurricular activities. So, I totally agree with you, Mark. And I, I don't know if you've seen it yourself. Um, somebody who, who you thought wasn't a leader who maybe overcame some self-afflicted uh,
1: apprehension to become a leader. Oh, I would say absolutely for myself. And it's probably for me, one of the most gratifying experiences when you see it happen. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I can remember uh, people in my lifetime that it, it seemed to me there, there's one individual I know in particular Uh, that were back in my pizza franchising days, is the gentleman, uh, for lack of a better term, had a a physical issue with weight. Um, And it was, because he was a store manager, it was um, impacting his ability to be successful in that environment. And he had applied for a higher job uh, within the organization. I was responsible for interviewing him for that position. And um, I for lack of a better term, it was, it was, can you do the essential function of the job, uh, which required a lot of travel, a lot of moving around. And I had interviewed the gentleman and I was convinced that he was capable of doing the job. I was convinced that there were no limitations in my mind to him being successful if he wanted to. And it was a big step for him and, and he knew it and he got the job. And I ran into him about six months later, he was in Detroit visiting and he ran up and hugged me. And, and he, and he said, Mark, he goes, this show of confidence, this opportunity, whatever it was changed something in me. And, and it's changed my life. And, um and it changed his life in every way to include, he became um, he got more health sensitive, more health focused, um, and it's not that I even suggested that that was his decision. And it truly was transforming to him to not only become a leader of other people, but a leader of himself. And, and, and I, was, I was very gratified to be able to be witness to that.
0: I'd like to great. add something to that. That's a great story, is that uh, in our companies, that if we help everybody, all of our employees one at a time, help them lead wherever they are in their growth path, and grow them as individuals, our company has no choice but to grow as well. And it grows, but in multiples, if you have two employees, and they grow and develop, you will grow four times. If you have, you know, 10 employees, you can you can grow very quickly. If you grow your people, you can grow them faster. But an organization will only grow as much as the leader will grow.
2: Absolutely. And going back to your time at SCORE, speaking of organizations that grew, um, I wanted to talk through your strategy on recruiting volunteers. So mentors, the, the mentors that volunteer their time, we provide free mentorship services. You were looking for leadership qualities in the mentors you recruited, were you not? And, and what, why was that? And what was the end result?
0: I was. I, I started with a vision of what I had that SCORE has is so capable and so competent. As in many companies, people are just misplaced or displaced, right? They're doing a, a job that they're, they could do more if they wanted to. And it doesn't mean by working more hours. It's working towards their strengths. So we started with strength finders to see what people's strengths are, And then we looked at the vision of where are we trying to go and who has the natural strengths to help us get in the direction we want to go. And if you get people volunteering in a space where they're strong, they'll be excited, they're passionate, they have ideas, they have expertise, and it's easy for them. And that's what I needed was where where people were the direction I wanted to go for the organization to grow. We needed some people that had passion and know how to get to go where we want to go. And no, first, I got- I, first, I started training. Sorry, Mark. First, I no, I'm sorry. Training. I'm
1: stopped. I stopped on you. Let me step out.
0: All right. I as I started training with the people that we already have, and educating them on what we needed to have done, and asking them to volunteer if they wanted to help or had interest to help or had talents to help. And whatever they didn't, we went out and recruited more. So we had great recruiting efforts in getting people that want to lead something, lead into their passion and into their strength to help score grow.
1: And to that point, Donna, you know, again, I think as Tom described, uh, you were the leader that brought me into the SCORE organization. So when I came on on board, you'd already had time to get into the to the Detroit Southeast Michigan chapter of SCORE and work your magic. And I'm really curious myself because I saw it, you know, AD. I saw it after Donna. Um, give me some. Idea of you would, or some of the metrics, maybe that that you encountered when you walked into our chapter that um, that had been a part of your process as as you moved to where we had the opportunity to meet.
0: Yeah, thanks, Mark. Um, when when you got recruited in, we were looking for someone to help uh, to help with community outreach, and we noticed that we have great partners in our area, but there wasn't anybody touching them and exciting them and being, being, you know, developing the relationship, just having a connection is not enough is developing the relationship with our communities. Like you did with Highland park, you know, you, you you already knew the woman that's running the program over there. And it's like, oh yeah, I, I would love to go see her again and start putting the pitch practice into the community center there Mm -hmm. until COVID came in, but you were excited about it and you were ready. And she was excited about it to have something in her own area. So I knew we had a match and I just looked at different areas that we were trying to grow and expand throughout the Wayne County area and looking for people that had volunteers that were interested in particular communities or working with particular organizations and matching them up. So and looking for, um, like with Tom, you know, the social media that we didn't have the skill set in our organization. So I went out looking. That's what a leader does. You go out and look for the resources that your organization needs to help it grow.
2: Yeah. And, and look, I've, I've read somewhere both of you did a
0: great job. <laughs> well,
1: thank, you. thank you. You made it, e- you made it easy.
2: Well, and to that point, Mark, making it easy. I, you know, I can't remember where I read this. It could be a book. This could be a, a coach at some point, but they say to manage to people's unique ability, as opposed to trying to get out of them, what you expect out of yourself. I think w- when you talk about passions, Donna, that's what you're doing is you're finding the innate passion that you don't need to teach which is very difficult to teach, and you're leveraging that passion. And I saw that firsthand uh, with you know, Mark and I and the others that you recruited at, at, at SCORE. And I think going back to the small business owner who initially has all the passion in the world to do to create the business, to sell the widget, to get out there and make their dream a reality, the passion that they might not have is what comes next, which is, again, they are the de facto CEO when the business starts. They're going to probably be the CEO as the business grows and all of the things that they have to do are now different. They're probably not going to be the day-to-day tactician because if they do, the business will never grow. So how, how would you advise the side hustle business owner who has aspirations to grow this beyond just a side hustle into a business? What can they do today even before they become the CEO managing other people to attain the CEO level leadership skills, what would you advise them? Where would you tell them to go? And what would you tell them to look for?
0: I would tell them to take our, the score workshop in a lean canvas developing your gear canvas model, lean canvas model, and put your, it's a one page business plan with like eight little boxes. That's it to know what is it that you're trying to create. Create it in a little box about the size of a computer monitor of what you're trying to do. Who are your partners? Who are your customers? What kind of money do you need? Not how much do you need? What kind of money do you need? And start organizing your thoughts on what it is you're going to do. You know you're the expert at something. And if not, you can make it up. So make up something and put it on this lean canvas. And let's take a look at it, work on it with a mentor. And you'll kind of fill in all the gaps that goes on this white piece of paper of gaps in your thinking. And then you can start looking at, well, who can help me with each of these boxes? And start looking into your family and friends. And uh, business colleagues, customers. Your customers are the greatest place to help you. And what a customer is is you have to get a customer to know your idea is worthwhile. A customer is the first person that pays you one dollar for what whatever it is you're trying to do. You know you've hit you've hit a spot when someone will pay you a dollar, and then develop that that space of where the dollar is. And the person that's willing to pay you the dollar, ask them to help you. What else can I do with this? Why did you buy from me? How can I grow it? How can I get more from that dollar? And they'll help you and they'll connect you to people that you need to be connected to. Same with the SCORE mentor. They'll help you. (coughs) Excuse me. They'll help you grow that dollar. That's where I would tell them to start. You have to reach out and connect with others.
1: You know, Donna, I'm I, as I've sit here and listen to the conversation that we're having, a thought really popped into my mind that, and this is very personal for, for me, I guess, I would like to learn about, is that, is a part of strong leadership um, an understanding of when you may not be the best one to lead at a given moment? And can you speak to that?
0: Yeah, many of the, the CEOs I work with, yeah, they they get to be a lead assigned leader, either through their, their father started the business and they wanted their children to be involved. So they get it through family ownership. Um, The next place they get it is they've always wanted to be a CEO of anything. So they wanted to lead it that way. So right there, you know, they don't have the expertise many times and whatever it is they bought to get into the business. And so they don't know anything. The son or daughter that came into the business from a family owned, a lot of times they don't know much because they've never run it. And then the third one is the short straw. There's many, many, many of those that nobody else wanted to lead the company. So they volunteered or they got elected. So when any of those three, they, a, a CEO really doesn't do anything if they're doing the right, if they're going in the right direction. They're leading, coaching, advising people. And that includes your customer and your vendor. You're helping them be better people. And so it's the, the leadership piece that you're putting out there as the lead person is creating the path and the vision for people to follow. And you don't and you don't always know the best thing to do. I work with A lot of those CEOs I just mentioned, I help them, you know, you don't know what you don't know. And so when they put a, a I need help with marketing. Well, if you don't know what marketing is or what it's used for or the choices that you have, you're probably not going to make a very good shopping decision. And so what do you want the marketing to do? And how much do you have to spend and how much can you play? So having a coach and a mentor there to help you with each of the functions or the operation of the business, mentors are free. So whether you get them from SCORE or you get them from another organization, mentors are free. And mentors have already been there, done that. They can help direct you into places to avoid the pitfalls and avoid the mistakes that they have made, that's v- invaluable learning. So, and as humans, we have a tendency to step in the same potholes. We have a tendency to do what my dad did, or did what what my grandmother did, or did, you know, do whoever we saw in our life. Do how many CEOs have we seen? You know, when you start a business, all you, usually it's your boss, and you're starting your own business because. You didn't think your boss did a very good job. I can do it better. Well, what are you starting from? Watching many bad bosses and now you're going to go start your own? How are you going to do yours better if you haven't had exposure to see what better looks like? And I've heard some CEOs say, well, anything could be better than what I had. Well, that's all you end up doing is duplicating bad again.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I've I've seen that firsthand. I I agree. (laughs) Um well this is great, Donna. Great stuff. Um we mentioned at the outset that you were the outgoing co-chair of the Southeast Michigan chapter. And I'm curious then where does an outgoing chair go out to? So what's next for Donna Hover Ojeda?
0: Um Something I wanted to say first to kind of conclude a little bit in our journey of our discussion today Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. is, you know, I come from SCORE, so it's going to sound like I'm pitching SCORE, but it could come from a lot of places, is that there are three categories of getting your business started. The dreamer section, which is I have an idea. And so SCORE helps in that area with the entrepreneur's leap and uh, dreams to start up. We have a couple of programs that help people get their dream formulated into actually making money and get started. And then the second group is the one to three-year people or the solopreneur. And those, you know, there's certain set of decisions that get made and mentoring and skills and things that a a company, a person needs in that timeframe. And then once you get past your third year, then there's you know, four years and beyond, and you're kind of on your way. So out of those three categories, they are growth strategies. And you have a CEO, we at SCORE have CEO roundtables for the mature companies. So where do I go next with developing those three categories and training programs in those three categories is I've uh, joined Desert Angels. So now I work on the angel investing side of people that have good ideas, they have come through the system, they've gone through phase one, phase two, phase three, and now they need funding. They have a great idea, how do we get it out there? It's already been vetted, it's been looked at, it's, it's, you ha- truly have a seed of an idea. Now you come to a, an angel investor and we take a look. Okay, what do you got? Is it scalable? And is it fundable, is there a return path in it? And that's the space I'm gonna be working in now. Along with uh, University of Arizona has a launch program. So it's a commercialization, I'm a commercialization partner in working with new ideas that have already been patented and need to get out into the, into the consumer world. How do we get it out? Because there's a lot, as I come from automotive, we have a lot of great inventors, a lot of great ideas. 99% of them don't go anywhere. And it's not because the idea is bad and it's not because the invention's bad. It's sometimes the customer isn't so helpful or supportive because they don't like change. And now with University of Arizona and Desert Angels, we work a lot in life sciences and the health system and telemed. So it's a, a little different space for growth. Thank you for asking.
1: Donna, Absolutely. that was fantastic. Thank you very much. And as we get ready to wrap up, because I, I know for me personally, uh, I could I could sit here and well, I could talk all day, or maybe even sing a song. Who knows? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Time to wrap up. Let's exactly, wrap it up. <laughs> yeah, wrap this up. But before we leave today, Donna, outside of outside of your score uh, communication, are there any other points of contact that you would like to share with our listening audience today? That that if somebody wanted to reach out to you, they could. Uh,
0: they can reach out to me at Donna Hover at leaderslaboratory.com. Thanks to Tom Nixon helping me with my new branding. We did this in 2012. So it's been around a while. Um, I think that's the best place. Donna Hover at leaderslaboratory.com. Thank you.
1: Well, thank you, Donna. And with that, I believe I'm getting the signal that it's time to conclude today's podcast. So I would like to thank you for listening to today's SCORE podcast. If you are an aspiring entrepreneur or small business owner in the early stages of your business, this podcast is produced by SCORE to deliver information you can use to become a successful business owner. Join us again for another edition of our SCORE podcast.
0: Thank you for listening to the SCORE Podcast, where small business matters. For show notes, additional resources, and access to the tools discussed in this episode, please visit us at semichigan.score.org.